This morning, I want to talk about chanting your cause, turning your dream into reality. Chanting your cause, turning your dream into reality. Our golden text is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, and I'm reading it from the Bible in basic English. Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm reading from the Bible in basic English. It says, And the Lord gave me an answer and said, Put the vision in writing. Make it clear on stones so that the reader may go quickly. For the vision is still for the fixed time. And it is moving quickly to the end and it will not be false even if it is slow in coming. I want to give you six steps in which that verse can be a reality. Six steps to turning vision into reality. Number one, I don't know if you'll be able to cover all six, but I'll give them to you. Number one, the dreamer must exist. Number two, write your vision. Number three, agree with God. Number four, be creative. Number five, commit to a specific challenging plan. And number six, walk in the dream. To move from vision to reality is a journey. And very often, People carry dreams, but those dreams never become a reality. I mean, like today, I've had a dream in my life to see churches established. As I said, a thousand churches in my lifetime. That's what I'm trusting God for. But how does that become a reality? You may have a vision. It may not be the same as mine. But whatever it is, how does that vision become a reality. And so, how do you chart your course so that that vision becomes a reality? Let's talk about point number one. The dreamer must exist. Identify yourself as a dreamer. In other words, you are somebody who's going to have a great spiritual life. That's your dream. Or I'm somebody who's going to have a mega church. That's my dream. <laughs> Hey, Labata this morning, wait. Look at the number say the way over Tanka thing. It's even worse than the weather. Your dream could be, I'm going to have a growing business. Your dream could be, I'm going to have a great family. Whatever your dream is, at least some of you are catching up. Look at your neighbor and say, now you're catching up. <laughs> Identify yourself. I'm the dreamer. I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. See yourself as a dreamer. See yourself as somebody who carries visions. Have big God dreams. Don't dream small. Ah. Look at your neighbor and say, even your amen is small because you are such a small dreamer. Dream big dreams. Have big God dreams. 
Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. See, if you delight yourself in the Lord, what does that mean? Spending time in God's word, spending time in, 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 in prayer, in worship, in the presence of God. You see, when you do that, invariably there's no way you can spend your time in the presence of God without God planting a big dream in your heart. There's something about coming in contact with God that just makes you just to come alive. Yeah. Before we meet God, some of us, you know, we are just visionless, directionless people. You know, just existing. Just hanging around in life. No purpose, no direction. Life has no meaning. Just living every day and to go to bed. Yeah, you may be working a job, that might not be a vision. You may be doing something, and so we get caught in this cycle of activity where we do mundane things with all our lives. Uh, when there's so much that God wants to do through you, and God wants to plant on the... So the, the, the minute you became a Christian, God started stirring your heart. Some of you, but when you became a Christian, you wanted to study some more and further your studies and do something extra. Do we have dreamers in this house, or are you dreaming or sleeping something? Mm. Yeah. Have big dreams. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you what? Desires of the heart. Tell your neighbor, the Lord will give you desires of your heart. Tell them again, the Lord will give you desires of your heart. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things. What? The substance of things what? The substance of things what? You see, that word hope, it talks about a dream. It talks about a vision. You've got to have hope. You've got to have a vision. See, vision is, is something that's not there yet. Somebody said vision is seeing with the invisible eye. Ah, you see what other people don't see. You are hoping for something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Tell your neighbor, I'm a big dreamer. Luke 135 says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he makes you pregnant. Ah, even if you're a man, gents, you become pregnant as well. No, not pregnant with a baby, but pregnant with vision. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is the life-giving spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of productivity and life. Once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become pregnant. You, you start dreaming. You, you want to give birth to things. You, you want to see your life move forward. Some of you are acting like you don't even have the Holy Ghost on, on top of your life. Says that Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you will be able to give birth. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let me quickly run to my second point. Number two, write your vision. Write your vision. Writing down your vision flags, I put that in inverted commas, it flags your future. Writing down your vision flags your future. What, what do I mean? What do I mean? You see, many people... They, they, they just get there by chance in their life. They, they don't have a, 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 a visual image of where they're trying to go. 
See? So, you know, there's many people who don't even, if you were to ask them, what's your vision for your life? But angers. How many of you are sitting next to some angers? Yeah. You know what I found out? It's always good to write down your vision. Write it down. When you write it down, you may not sometimes reach everything, but at least offer direction. Watch this. This is important. Writing helps you, what's this now, to form patterns that will take you to your future. Let me say that again. Writing helps you to form patterns that will take you to the future. See, you don't get to your goal just by hanging around. You, you get to your future because you've worked on it. So when you write down, it helps you. Watch this now. When, when, when you write down, it will help you, number one, know how to direct your prayers. There's many people who pray, but they never pray for their vision. Their prayer is not focused. I was sharing that during the week, you know, in our prayer meeting, in the, the, the five o'clock prayer meeting. And I was telling them, I said, you know what? You know, in many churches, oh, no, no, I was talking to the pastors. I was talking somewhere, somewhere. I do so much talking. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But I was saying something somewhere. Preaching. I always do. To say, you know, in many places, when you look at the way churches are run, everything, everybody does everything in their own way, going their own direction. There's no focus in that church. Nothing is directed in one direction. Nothing. And it dissipates the anointing and dissipates the power. <laughs> so many people you find, you know, even when they pray, they, because they haven't written down their vision, they don't even know how to pray for the vision. I know what I'm praying for. I'm praying for a thousand churches. Yeah. I know when I'm anointed, why I'm anointed. I use that anointing for the thousand churches. I know where to use my time. I use my time for thousands. I know what to study. When I study and learn, I'm learning and studying something that will help me to be able to plant a thousand churches. See, 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 writing down flags your future. It helps you to pray. It helps you to conform to the dream. It helps you in, in terms of the company you keep. It helps you as well, uh, the books you read, all of that. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 it says and the Lord answered me and said write the vision make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it I love it in the message Bible and then God answered write this write this write what you see write it out in big block letters don't be fuzzy about your vision and don't be complex about what you're trying to achieve make it simple Mara let it be Big block letters. Hey, if you're running a company or a school, this is what I've learned leading a church. I found out as a leader that vision is one of the most powerful things you can ever have. You want to have an organization that works? You want to have an institution that has power? You want to have an, a ministry or a business that's going somewhere? Know how to get the people in your company to buy into the vision. You must learn how to communicate it. You must learn how to uh, assist them to buy into it. You must learn how to redefine. You see what I was doing here? Praying for people. I'm not just talking about a thousand churches. I'm showing you, Kiba. I've just shown you how to become a pastor more gracie. I've just, I've just shown you. I'm just, I'm just breaking it down into practical steps. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Write your vision. Write it in big, bold letters. Don't be complex about it. Let's, 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 let's rush. Number three, agree with God. In other words, make sure that that vision you have is something that comes from God. All right. Now, please, when it comes to other things, God's not going to be involved. If you have a vision to buy a car, God's not going to tell you what make of car it should be. So please, please. I'll never forget one day. We saw it on a DVD. You know, when I was at Rema in the first year, I did two years at Rema and studied elsewhere, and I've studied in many places. And uh, we, we used to watch, uh, those days were videos, it wasn't DVDs, videos that came from Rema in the United States. They were still fresh, you know, so we could watch because when Kenneth Hagin was teaching, he couldn't come here in person, so we'd watch the videos. And there was a guy in the church that day, you know those days when we were not doing color blogging like we do these days, eh? <laughs> the guy came into, into class with a pink suit, pink, yeah. Now these days is not a problem. Mara, you must remember, <laughs> in 1982, that was a big problem. In 1981, pink suit, pink suit, white hat, white shoes, white socks, white belt. And then, and then, pocket handkerchief. I'll tell you what color is. I mean, the guy glowed in the dark. You could see him from far. <laughs> so, so the lecturer was very concerned about this guy, Mushevila, you know, he's teaching Mara, he's distracted by this color. So bright. Hey! I hope you're not sitting next to a man wearing something, a pink suit there. Please, brother, I'm not talking about you if you're wearing a pink suit. This is in the 80s. These days we can wear any color, women. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I'll come in a red suit one day, you'll see me. Shava Yaba, I think I will look okay. <clears throat> so... So finally, the lecturer couldn't take it. And, and, and the lecturer tried to find out, Munna, you, you, what happened that you come to school like that? He looked so serious as, as I was praying this morning. The Holy Ghost <laughs> revealed to me. <laughs> hey, the Holy Ghost has no time to waste, eh? Revealing what color. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your vocation, the direction of your life. See, the Holy Spirit would love to tell you what his plan is for your life. Huh? So find out what God's vision is for your life. There's nothing as frustrating, Bazalana, as moving on with your life and finding out when you are old that you are on the wrong path and it wasn't God's path for you. Discovering years later that you were pursuing something that was never God's choice in the first place for you. And I'm telling you, whatever is God's choice for you, you are suited for that task. Uh, you don't believe me, do you? You are suited. You, you are the right person. Your gifts, your personality, your anointing, everything about you, even your experiences. Yeah, God, God chose you because you, you, you are God's handiwork. You, you are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. There's a reason why you are here. There's a task that has a name, your name on it. An assignment that only you can do. 
The world is a poorer place without you taking your rightful place. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in you, I was born for this. Even when you go to bed at night, or I was born for it. It's those kind of things when you do them. Even if they don't pay you, it doesn't matter because the contentment and the fulfillment that you find in doing it. Can I hear an amen, Bazalon? Yeah, or I was born for it. it. It releases a certain kind of passion. Where even when you wake up, you, you, you feel excited. You are, you are energized. Uh, uh, you, you, you feel strong. You, you can work wire, wire without getting tired. Because it's not something that you do out of here. It's something that you do from inside here. It is not what you choose. It is what chooses you. It's what you do on the inside of you. That's the way you are wired. That's the way you are anointed. That's the way you are gifted. Everything in you. Yadumela. The guy who used to run in chariots of fire, they, 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 they used to ask him, they said, Hemona, you run so well. He said, he said, he said when I run, I, I, I feel God's music in me. Ah, there's a place, my brother, my sister, how he ate unto yeah, and God throws you even in difficult situations and complex situations when other people can't take it, when now you can take it because yeah. I'm always amazed when I watch people who work, you know, with people by limiting, you know, and they work in hospital or they work among refugees or they work in homes of whatever and you see these people do it with such grace. Hey! When I wear chakile, five minutes is enough. They're not just there. They're doing their work with commitment. Not just doing their work with commitment. They have a right attitude. Yeah. Why? Because God gives them the grace. You see, whatever you are crafted for, whatever you are called for, whatever you are assigned for, God will give you the grace. You don't know how you cope. You can feel God on the inside of you. Oh. Yeah. Let it be a vision that comes from God. Psalms 127 verse 1, first part. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Shaba yaba yaba. John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Make sure your vision comes from God. Can I hear an amen, Bazalam? Yeah, make sure. You know, uh, and... Uh, I, I, I always want to encourage young people to get in line with God's purpose for their lives as early as possible. So that you spend a good part of your adult life following what is God's purpose for your life already. And sometimes you just find out by just getting involved. Sometimes it's not clear. Sometimes you're not sure. At a certain age, you are okay, sure. Aren't it? Yeah. And the only way I go to Ube, sure. 
is to start serving someone. That's, that's why we, we encourage serving in our church. They started serving. 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 God had them on his assembly line. Making them ready to lead a church one day. And can I just tell you something? I'm not going to finish this someone. Because I feel I need to say some things. One of the graces that God gives, and I'm saying it for you who are pastors here. Okay. Very carefully. This is important. God gives the pastor the grace to have insight as to who the people are who are going to lead in a local church. Sometimes we know about their professions, but in the local church, I will know. And, and what I intentionally do, now I'm giving my secrets away. We will find a way to train that person without them knowing that we're training them. Because you can... Share maskies. Maybe you're one of the ones who have been trained. We don't know. And the reason I don't tell people is that the minute you, you, you give people titles, you no longer know if they are saving because of the title. The best way to identify genuine people is to see them saving without any perks, without any title, without any attention. And you watch how they handle the small things when you give them something to do. And you watch how they handle it. And, and most of all, you watch when conflict is there, how they respond. Yeah. And many of you in the church here, I know many people here, God's going to use you in many areas. Many areas. Many areas. And God gives you that grace as a senior leader to have that insight. So sometimes when we ask people to do things, they think we're just asking. They don't know. Hurry. It's an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Your dream must be in line with God's will for your life. Why? Because you can't change through prayer and fasting what God has not ordained for you. And your dream needs to be realistic. And let me close with this point because I'm a little bit too late today. Number what? Three? Four? Yeah, so let's feel later the other points go high. How? Ask his. Number four, be creative. Every dream and every vision is going to run into hurdles. I'm telling you. And, and this is where people get it wrong. <coughs> Even if it's a dream that comes from God, it will run into hurdles. All of it, all of it. There'll always be problems. There'll always be challenges. There'll always be obstacles. There'll always be, sometimes the problem can be funds, resources, sometimes support, huh? sometimes circumstances, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. So here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. You never give up on your dream. An obstacle is a chance for you to think out of the box. If this approach doesn't work, try another one. Yeah. So you need to be creative. And this is what I found. Here's something important. Here's something important. I will never 
substitute time spent in the presence of God for anything in the world. Why? Why? Because it has been when I'm on my knees, nine times out of ten, where I was in a tight spot concerning vision, and right on my knees, God gave me an idea. Creativity comes from your spirit and comes from the spirit of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Now, you, you must make prayer and worship a part of your life. Don't just pray because you're in a tight spot. Mara, make prayer a part of your life. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Bazalan. Most of the things you see in our church, I got them on my knees praying. Or oh, there are times, and my bishop will tell you, when we're in a meeting, in our leadership meeting talking, where all of us, all of a sudden realize we bumped into a, a regular moment of inspiration. And from nowhere, we started coming up with ideas and insights about what we must do and decisions. And, and, and when that moment comes, they know me. When that moment comes, I don't want us to go to the next item on the agenda. I just want us to stay there for a while. Because for 33 years of leading, I have seen how one of those decisions can turn our church right around. Yeah. So you need to learn to be creative. Many people, they, 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 when, when their vision runs into trouble, they give up. You close the shop. You deregister. You walk away. Huh? You start complaining. You start being negative. You start feeling sorry for yourself. Look at your name and say, the way you are quiet, it sounds like he's talking about somebody I know. <laughs> be creative. Why? The dream must be constructed architecturally. Fulfilling a vision is like architecture. It's like when you build this building. There's so many things that go to this. And there are times when you get to a certain level, you, exp you encounter a problem that you never anticipated. So what do you do? You don't tear down the building. Hey! Hey! You go for advice. You, 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 you become creative. You, you look at it. You think about how to solve the problem. See, if you, don't, if you want a problem-free life, you will never be a great achiever in life. Big achievement, big problems. I was telling one leader, one leader was asking me, hey, how do you feel leading a big church like that? I said, well, there's not no difference between a big church and a small church, except that in a big church, my problems are multiplied by the size of it. Because some people, when they are starting in ministry, they look at us thinking, ah, you've been so long in this thing, at least in Tozak. You know what? When you are worrying about 10,000, and now I'm worrying about 10 million. Yeah, because our budget is bigger, our staff is larger, our church is, everything is bigger. Even the problems are bigger. So I'm not like a house. I don't know about what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 100. Yeah, I told him. I said to you, you see, you see, you see, you see, some of you, you think it's better for us now that we are where we are. You, you, think, you look there and say, ah, uh, oh, really? Uh, uh. And I told this pastor, I said, if you don't learn the disciplines, Santana Ukala, my brother, the ministry will make you a wreck. W R E. C-K-K-K-K-K. Ministry, it's not your mama. It's not your vitties. 
Is that a term that a pastor, a bishop should talk about? It's vitis. Yeah. And I teach them, I say, you must learn how to solve problems. If you don't like solving problems, then just forget about ministry. Don't even try. If every time there's a problem, you want to run to me to help you. How do you think I, you know, one of some of our pastors the other day, there some of you in the branches. Every time you have a problem, you phone us. How? How? Brother, how? Oh, I know. Do you think we had Batubabinang now when I started? Do you think we had people who were serving? We, I had to learn how to train people to serve. And the people are trained didn't fall from heaven. They come from somewhere too. Yes. Yes. And at that time, the church is certainly You only get a few people, you know. You don't get the people who are highly, what you call it, resourced or skilled, you know. Utola Baba every time after Kereke Bahoba Tachel Kore, Amara serious in Baba Tachel Temo and Kore Marane. And I was asking the pastor, how did I do it? How, how, did, how, did, how did we get out of a classroom with 35 people to where we are today? Do you think it just happened? Do you think Menamudimu and Rata Olefeta? Do you think now God can baby Amudim? Do you think when I pray, God says, hey, son of your wabu, hey, everybody, Mangelo, stop everything. Let's listen to the brother. There's nothing like that. I had to work hard. Even today, still work hard. It has been frustrating. I've, I've gone to bed sometimes. All those things. We've trained people. They've left. They came. They left. They stayed. When you thought they were ready, then they left. Yeah, I had to learn to do everything in church. Sing, do the sound, pack the chairs, clean the floor, everything. Just in case the musicians don't come that day. Just in case the sound guy over fanning. Songs as bamber. You see, you see, some of you, some of you, 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 you have a dream, but you want other people to make that dream a reality for you. You've got to learn to be creative. Hallelujah. You've got to learn to think out of the box when you meet obstacles. Bring creativity into what you do. So as to do things that will conform to the future. Luke 5, 18, my most favorite verse. You know that verse, eh? That man who was brought to Jesus, to the house, and the house was full. I love what it says there. It says, and behold, men brought in a bed, a man taken with a palsy, and they sought means. Why do they seek means? Because the door was blocked, the windows were blocked. They have a vision to get healed. But when they find the door blocked, when they find the windows blocked, they sought means. Some of you, when, 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 when they take the money away from you, when, when your, 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 your partners leave you, you stop. Instead of stopping, seek means. Let's have that verse again. Hearing, and they sought means. Say it again. And Say it again. Seek means. Make it work. 
One thing I've made up my mind is that if I know something comes from God and it's a vision, when I start a project, I'm not going to give up. Doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm like a bulldog. Yeah. 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 When I start, I don't stop. When I put my hand on the plow, I'm not stopping. So the best thing is not to start. Because once I start, I start. Yeah. Doesn't matter what. Once I start, my vision is focused. I'm, that's where I'm going. So I'm going to take a long time deciding, is this the right way, God? I want to be sure. I'll ask for advice, counsel. I'll pray. I'll see God. Once I sure, no, this is the way. Once I start, I'm not going to stop planting churches. Doesn't matter what happened. We started planting churches. That's the way we're going. We said a thousand churches. That's the way we're going. Am I, am I talking to people in the house? Once we start, we start. So rather postpone starting. Don't, don't be too quick in starting. Make sure this thing is settled in your heart and it's concrete in your spirit. Make sure that you are fully persuaded in your spirit so that when you start, you start. Look at another verse. And this is the last verse. I love this one. I love this one. It's also in the book of Luke. Blind Bartimaeus, my, my story. Eh? Jesus is passing by. They stop him. They say, he, want, he asked them to take him to Jesus. They refused to take him. Note, let's have the verse up. And they which went with him, before him, rebuked him that he must hold his peace. This is after he was shouting, Jesus, have mercy on me. So they rebuked him. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He cried so much more. Make your vision work. Yeah. Find a way to make it work. May not work this year. It may not work next year. But your night will work. Yeah. Your night will work. Find a way to make it work. See, God didn't make a mistake when he chose you. Do you want me to say that again? Some of you are starting to look like you're a mistake now. The way you're looking at me, you're starting to have that appearance like I am a mistake. No, look at your neighbor. You're not a mistake at all. God didn't make a mistake when he chose you. And God didn't come to the wrong address when he gave you that vision. Yeah. 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 See, when God comes to us, he knows our problems. He knows. He knew that Moses can't speak. He knew Moses was stammering. But he sends him to Pharaoh to go and speak to Pharaoh. How do you like that? God goes, God goes to a man who's stammering to give him a job that makes him speak. And not speak to anybody. Speak to a bloodthirsty killing machine called Pharaoh. Speak to a guy who is so hot-tempered that even when you have your ducks in a row and you're eloquent, he will kill you in the middle of the sentence. Now God wants to take a man who can't speak. And, and he's going to tell him, let my people go. <laughs> See, God knows. God knows. God knows. He knows your background. He knows your shortfalls. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your fears. But he still chose you anyhow. <laughs> Jesus. 
God knows that you have a low self-esteem. God knows you can't speak when you're standing in front of people. God knows that when you have an assignment to do, but God chose you anyhow. God knows. God knows. But he chose you anyhow. Look how special you are. Look how much God believes in you. The only person who can stop that dream is you. Nobody else. Even the devil with all his power, with all his angels, will never be able to stop. Because you and God are a majority. If God be for us, who can stand against us? It doesn't matter. Like my grandmother used to say, And you need to start believing in what God has said about you because God believes in what he said about you. You better start believing that that dream is a possibility. Yeah. Those of you who have given up, you've shut down the, you've shut down the business. You've walked away from it. I beseech you by the message of God that Malpumalana go and pick it up again. I'm not giving up. Because I'm going to chart my course. Going to walk in my path and follow God's dream for my life. Would you raise your hands and just pray right now and ask God to help you right now. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Pray to the Lord right now for a while. We thank you and we bless you for your word. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you came for the first time this morning. You haven't received Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life as yet. You're not born again. And as you've been listening to the word this morning, in your heart of hearts, you say, you know what? I want to invite Christ. I want Jesus to change my life. I want to be made to be a child of God. I want to be born again. Would you please pray for me? If that is you, would you raise your hand right now, please? You want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. You want me to pray with you. You want Jesus to come into your life and change your life. Would you raise your hand high? Let me see it, please, right where you are. Just raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Can I ask the people 
People who raise their hands, can you stand? Maybe the rest of you, you can take your seats. Those who raise their hands, can they stand please? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Is there anybody else? Will you just come? Let me pray with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's right. There's some more coming from the back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Open the floodgates of heaven, Jesus. Come, let's pray for you, man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's right. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Thank you, Lord. Give them a big hand as they come. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's right. Give them a big hand. This is a big step they're taking. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Jesus. Come, young man, come, come, let's pray for you. Come on. That's the way. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, my God. Bless you. Sir. Bless you, sir. Thank you so much, Ned. Thanks for coming. Thanks, my brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the bold step you've taken. I know it's not easy, but that you came and you took that step. God bless you for it. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and follow me in the prayer. The congregation will join us. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you, Lord. Thank you for these precious people. Thank you for what you have begun in their lives. We give you glory in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said?